Welcome to Affect Autism. This week we have a follow-up of our Floor Time Strategies blog from a few months ago with Dr. Andrea Davis in California from the Greenhouse Therapy Center. And it's in Pasadena, right? That's right. Where it's beautiful and sunny and we have beautiful and sunny weather when I'm recording today near Toronto, which is great. So that always makes um, Monday morning uh, a happier morning <laughs> when you wake up to beautiful weather. So um, thank you for being with us again, Dr. Davis. I'm excited to be with you. I really enjoy talking with you about these ideas so much. Oh, me too. Me too. Um, it's always a highlight for me because I get such great feedback from you about my own floor time with our son. So um, I love it. So uh, a few months back, we did a blog post about promoting strategies at the functional, emotional, developmental level three, uh, four and five in the developmental individual differences relationship-based model that we talk about here at affectautism.com. And we showed a video of me playing with my son and in the full blog post at affectautism.com, you can link to that older blog post. And Dr. Davis looked through it. We were doing Play-Doh at the kitchen table and I was trying to uh, push um, the developmental ladder up with my son and get him into some symbolic play and some imaginary play. And we were doing some social problem solving. And the whole time, of course, I'm working on the earlier capacities of regulating, engaging, getting the back and forth interaction. And we went through and um, Dr. Davis has a wonderful book with her colleagues about a user's guide to the, the DIR model where it lists different strategies for beginners when they're getting into floor time. They can look through this book to just get started. And I never refer to this book anymore because the idea that we discussed in a previous blog that we had together was how once you, once you um, are more familiar with the model, we want it to be more spontaneous. Mm -hmm. And it just happens that you end up using these strategies without cognitively thinking about it. But for beginners, it's such a good start to really understand what you want to do and what you want to aim for at each developmental level. So you suggested to me, try this again and use the specific strategies of gaze tracking and and uh, sports casting or narrating. First, can you describe those two strategies briefly? I would love to. So you're right, we, we use this as a way to learn how to talk about what, uh, we use this floor time strategies book to learn how to talk about what we're doing and how to help others. For instance, if we're coaching uh, other parents or, or caregivers, how to explain what now becomes natural inside of us what they could begin to try with, with the, the child they're working with. And gaze tracking has been one that I'm so happy to be able to put words to because it's such a fundamental uh, behavior for an adult to try that helps so much to guide their mind, their brain towards thinking about what the child or teen is thinking and what the child or teen is feeling so that they can resonate with or follow that child's lead or mirror that child's affect or attune with that child or teen. 
it, if the minute we remind ourselves, okay, look at their eyes, not at what they're doing with their hands or their body, but, but start by you know, really following their eyes and what they're looking at tells us, okay, I get, I get their perspective and I can join it because that is our key, most fundamental social capacity is to join our minds to, to have the same idea and the same feelings together. That's what makes life sweet and meaningful. So that's what we're really trying to prioritize and emphasize as a parent or as a caregiver or as a therapist uh, with that, or whoever we're working with, that they can get the excitement and joy of sharing our minds together. And then they slowly become what I would say almost addicted to that feeling that we all as human beings want to be uh, so attracted to the feeling of sharing minds and, and sharing our, our feelings together that we keep seeking it. We keep seeking it. And we can see in the video, I'm going to set it up this way, so we can see your son doing that so clearly in this play video um, that he's seeking, seeking, seeking to share minds together. And that's not something you can teach by rewards and punishment. You no, and, and I think part of why you suggested gaze tracking from that video before was because you tend to get focused on the activity and we are using this little Play-Doh machine and doing a lot of that. And I, I sometimes would forget to reference my son as much as I should. And so you suggested gaze tracking as one. And right. then the sports. I would say gaze tracking has, has a number. We put it as a, a, each strategy as a number so that we can remember as we're talking about these things together. We ha I, I have a reminder card for myself of all the strategies and I often refer to it even though I wrote the book I still refer to this just to be able to find the right words to share minds with another adult about what are we talking about doing and it's it's 2.2 meaning it's un, under capacity too it's, it, it helps with everything but it most of all for thinking on supporting their engagement let's use gaze tracking 2.2 to do that Great. And the sports casting, um, you suggested sort of narrating what he was doing so that he would feel that I'm getting what he's doing. That's exactly right. So um, you call it um, 3.4 under capacity three to really, really support reciprocity. We talk an awful lot about narrating what the child is thinking, like our, our best guesses, and sports casting exactly what they're doing so they know we're following, we're tracking, and we're not judging. If we're, if we're describing everything they're doing, we're, we're tracking them and we're not judging it. So they feel very accepted and very seen and very felt, which is the core of attachment. And that's really at the basis of, of all child development, as we understand from theory and research. And in case I haven't mentioned, you are a clinical psychologist. <laughs> <laughs> right. I am a clinical psychologist, and I specialize in child development and uh, parent-child interaction from the earliest months. So again, the, the um, not judging piece that you mentioned is so important because so often our instinct is to direct and to use things the way they should be used. So, yeah. oh no, don't do it like that. You do it this way. Mm -hmm. And we don't need to always direct our children. And especially when they have challenges relating and communicating, that might shut them down. 
it does it does shut every human being down when they feel judged and you're right we sometimes you hear the term appropriate so much that it becomes kind of code language when you say appropriate play it's like play that makes us feel happy and comfortable as adults but that's probably not what is fun to a child or what would be, be interesting to a peer. Sort of the, the novelty and the surprise of, is, is core and central to play. And so we talk about appropriate play, it's a non sequitur, it just, it doesn't, it's an oxymoron, it does not fit. So let's, let's, let's get rid of those judgmental thoughts as we, we ourselves become more spontaneous and enjoying the surprise of play. Absolutely. And I'll cue my listeners to refer to a podcast I did with Virginia Spielman called The Little Scientist, where we talked about how a lot of the play that um, my son is doing is very cause and effect and very inappropriate type of play, like spilling stuff over, throwing, knocking stuff down. So that's a great reference for listeners, too. Nice. Um, why don't we get into the video, the new video that I filmed last week? And um, feel free to stop me when you'd like to make some comments. Okay, will do. Okay, hopefully everybody can see this and I'm going to start playing. So here we have the setup of the Play-Doh. I'm trying to, um, my, my goal is to recreate the session that Dr. Davis reviewed last time. And then I'm going to see where it goes because I don't want to have an agenda of where the play goes. I'm just going to continue to try and promote strategies, um, sorry, uh, capacities four and five. If I can see that he's regulated, engaged, getting this back and forth. Let's see if we can social problem solve about some of the things he wants to do and get into some imaginary play. So that's my goal. And before, actually, before we get started, I will say that... I filmed this and I thought, oh no, that was awful. <laughs> and then I thought, but that's okay because parents always have, uh, they're not always going to have the perfect play session. So let's do it. Let's show it. Let's talk about how challenging it was for me and other parents go through this too. And let's talk about all of the things that how it went and how maybe I could do different strategies next time, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I felt that when I was applying gaze tracking and sports casting, it wasn't working and I was confused. And then I concluded that it was because my son was so upregulated, which he always is almost all the time. So excited. So woo 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 that I didn't even have him at capacity one. So I was losing him on the sports casting because he kept interrupting me with all these ideas. He was too excited and woo, 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 going on and on. So <laughs> um, I, I like as we get through the video, I feel like I'm just sort of repeating stuff that he says and not really getting to that point of challenging and expanding his ideas because I'm not even getting that good back and forth yet. That's what I'm feeling. Well, and I would say watch, let's have the viewers watch how he, okay. he initially responds to the sports casting and then over time, keep watching how it begins to affect him. Okay. And um, yes, that's a good idea. So let me just 
pop back into here and uh, oops, how do I get my window back? <laughs> Technological challenges here. Let me push this down. There we go. Okay, can you see the video? We can. Here we go. Go, go, mama, go, girl, the old witch. An orange? Yeah. An orange, a round orange like this? Yeah. Is it to eat? And the strawberry, mama. You really want to make lots of fruit. And egg and top bun. Wow. That's a lot of food. A strawberry. Here. You gotta put the strawberry back. Here. And grapes! You want the grapes here? How should I make a grape? Use two. Roll in two little balls. Here's one grape for you, sir. And two grapes, and three grapes, four grapes, and five grapes, and six grapes, and seven grapes. You're excited thinking about all your grapes. Oh, so you put it back here. I'm not want, here. I want. Lettuce! Lettuce, lettuce, lettuce. And where should we keep this lettuce? Here. But I thought you wanted grapes. Grapes and lettuce. Both. All right. Both. So grapes are here, strawberries there. And lettuce! Okay, is this the lettuce? Mama, can you roll it? How's this? Good, 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 good. good. And tomatoes! And a tomato, too. All right. All right. Here's a tomato slice. And meat and meat and egg. Meat and egg too. And top butter. You are getting very excited about this hamburger. Oh, is this a hamburger? Yeah. Okay, here's the meat. And egg. Here's the egg. And and top butter. Okay. Okay, Mama. Right there. Like there. Did you want to pause for a minute? I sure do. Okay. In fact, that's longer than I usually let anybody do a video because I'm always wanting to talk about the little micro moments, but I wanted the viewers to see it get set up and how beautifully you're focusing on that one strategy. Sometimes we to learn a new one, we have to kind of really focus our mind on that one. And I see you gaze tracking so well. You're not, you're not looking at your own Play-Doh, you're not looking at his Play-Doh, you're not looking at anything but him. And I, I can tell he feels you, and probably our viewers can tell that he feels you really attuning to him and sharing his mind with him. And we're gonna watch how that, how that begins to help him get his rhythm even better. It's pretty good, like he's answering everything you say back. He's got a really nice flow. But because he's so happy and excited that you're going to make exactly what he wants, which I call advancing his agenda in order to get connected, um, he is going a little fast. So he's cutting you off a little bit. And he thinks every time you comment on his state, like you, you do these uh, sports casting, how excited he is and really focusing on mirroring his affect. He thinks you're not going to make what he wants, so he kind of cuts you off a little bit until he begins to learn. You'll see later, he's trusting that those comments are, are not going to get in the way of his agenda, and then he's more receptive to the comments. So 
really, really, really nice demonstration of gaze tracking there and how good it feels on the, the receiving end for him to have you watching him so carefully and really, really not passing any judgment on his ideas, but just going with him and following his lead. Okay. And, and I should say, um, I mentioned beforehand, he was getting so upregulated. This part of the video, I didn't think he was that upregulated yet. Wait, wait till we keep watching. You'll see how okay. upregulated he gets <laughs> for the viewers that might be wondering. And um, also just to set it up, They've been playing with pretend food at school for a couple months now, and they make this thing called Krabby Patty. And for months, I, I'm like, what is that? And my husband said, oh, that's something from SpongeBob. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Apparently kids at school watch SpongeBob and they make this Krabby Patty. So he ha is enacting something that's familiar to him that they do at school, um, the, the making of the food. But... They don't do it with Play-Doh. They do it with pretend food that actually looks like a strawberry or looks like. So already he's taking it. I, I was actually quite surprised that I was able to do it and say, here you go, this is an orange, this is a strawberry. And he accepted it because the last time I had tried to do that, which probably was a couple months ago, he kind of looked at me like, what are you talking about, mom? That's a ball of Play-Doh, not a strawberry. So he seems to be jumping into a little bit more of, of um, symbolic thought and meaning and accepting my idea. That is such a huge shift in his mind to that abstract capacity to manipulate symbols and enjoy them. Now he can solve math problems someday or history hypotheses or generate science hypotheses if he can manipulate symbols in his mind using placeholders like a piece of Play-Doh reminds him of the joy of making Krabby Patties together with his friends, there he's, he's moved into the, he's absolutely crossed the threshold into the symbolic world. Being that's, a, that's awesome. A generative yeah. thinker, it is awesome. Okay. And, um, just, just to throw in a little bit there about what you said, we're talking about this foundation academics, which I've done a few blogs about, where these early capacities set the stage for later academics, and that's why they're so important. Yes. Okay, so we continue watching? Yes. I'd like to order a hamburger. Yeah. Hey, I thought that's the hamburger. I... Oh, it fell on the floor. Oh no, our hamburger came apart! Can you make a new one for me? You love watching that slide against the wall, do you? Can you make me a new one? I shall. I'll get a pineapple! A hamburger? Yeah! Oh, that's funny. Mama, can you make what? A to make? A what to make? A to make? I want to make a new Krabby Patty for me, please. Okay. Oh, you are thinking really hard. I want to make Krabby Patty. You are thinking really hard. I want to make set a timer. She set the timer for cooking? Ten minutes for the Krabby Patty. Ten minutes and then it'll be ready. I know that oh. it's, yep. a lot just happened there. So beautiful. For people to see how oriented he is 
to you. He keeps coming back to you as his secure base, not for, he's not uncomfortable, but his secure base in the world of th sharing ideas. So all this excitement gets into his body and he thinks of new ideas like, oh, I could get up and smash it against the wall and you're not judging. So he's not defending against judgment here. He's, he's, he keeps coming back to you as his main joy, joy sharer and idea sharer. And then he turns away and thinks of a new idea and a new idea. He's initiating ideas. Creating ideas is one of our best titles for capacity five when we begin to use symbols and, and work, move into the world of imagination and pretend he's creating ideas and he wants to share them with you and that's what the core of dir or any relationship-based model is is showing us is that it's the relationship that has helped him cross that threshold into becoming a symbolic thinker because we want to share ideas together versus just be self-absorbed and self entertaining and self-preoccupied that you worked with him for so long so consistently using a relationship-based model the dir model or floor time so that now everything he's learning on top of all that he wants to keep bringing back to the relationship and that that's how his mind is just taking off and growing so that's not something that we can teach in a quote social skills class Mm -hmm. how to care about our, our primary attachment figure or our primary friendship figure above all else as, as our centering piece in the world. Um, this is something that happens through experience and through affective, affective learning or emotional learning that Dr. Greenspan talked about. And, and we can see, and, and you keeping up the gaze tracking has I think even supported that where he keeps turning back and checking your reactions to everything. He's looking at your face. It's not because you told him over and over and over, look at me and I'll reward you, but because he is now interested intrinsically, he's socially curious about your responses and your sharing. He wants to be sure you're sharing his ideas and his feelings. And, and just to add to that, the reason this relationship is so important, something that you said, uh, we don't want him to be self-absorbed and just in his own world. Well, a lot of the children, um, people just think they're self-absorbed. They don't want to communicate. Well, the reason is, is because they don't have any relationship that promotes them sharing. So it's not that they're not able to. It's not that they prefer to be self-stimulating and doing things. It's that well, this person isn't even noticing or caring what I'm interested in. So why should I bother? And I think that's an important distinction, especially with the neurodiversity movement that doesn't like being called, you know, we're, we have disorder, we have this, we have that. It's that you don't provide the conditions that suit our brain style. And so it's a, a totally different way of, of looking at things than the traditional way. But that's, that's, I think, a point that addresses that. It's that the reason a lot of times they're self-stimulating or doing things on their own and absorbed is because nobody has entered their social world to try and build that relationship um, that doesn't just reward and tell them what to do, but to join in and share an experience together. And that's why the relationship is the most important part of this model, the DIR model, so that you can um, 
join a shared world and then try and expand that and help guide that process along. It's so beautifully put, Daria. And I, um, I think um, the uh, key here that people may misunderstand, they, they may have heard that floor time or DIR is following the child's lead, and that's true, but it means so much more than what people may think that means. It means just what you said, joining their world, becoming a part of their social world. And I, I, I talk about it um, as one of our core strategies. How do you do that? I, I, under A.5, using their natural interests rather than judging them and trying to steer them subtly towards appropriate play. You are joining and finding joy in what he finds joy in. And that woos him into your worlds. Clearly, he wants to share it with you, and soon you have more influence, and we'll see that as that develops. So, so you've used his natural interests um, magnificently so that now the world that you've built together means everything to him. Let's see some more. Okay. Bubba, what are you making? Maybe I should make something else. Will you make a Krabby Patty? A one-night train. You're going to make food and I'm going to make a train? Yeah. Would that, <gasps> would that be very fun? I squished it. Probably can you make tomatoes on top of here? Sure. What am I going to use to make the tomatoes? This. Let's, okay, let's separate. Little, little balls. All right. How many, how many round tomatoes? One, two, three, four, five. One. Two, three, four, five, six. Two. Please. Um, three. Four. You're squishing all of the tomatoes? Can you make a new one? You want me to make them, and then you really like to squish them. Oh, to make tornadoes. You have so many ideas. I love to make a tornado tray first. First a tornado tree, and then no food? Yeah, tornado tree and food. Are there any passengers on the tornado? Yeah. Are they hungry? Yeah. Should we serve them lunch? Yeah. Here. Okay. I love tomato tomato and I first. Okay, this is the tornado. And the stuff was, Mommy, can you make a crappy patty for me? Yes. Watch this. Yes. But you have so You want me to keep playing or pause? Um, we can pause for a second. Okay. So, sometimes I'll talk during it if that works okay. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yep. Okay. But I want people to get ready for this because they can see that he's, when you say upregulated, some people might expect that he'd be like jumping around. He's not doing a ton of um body movements just a few that show you that he's very excited to the point of almost overexcited um, to a point of almost discomfort for him but what you see it in is how fast his ideas are coming he's jumping around oh i want you to make this mama no i want you to make that and you can't even hardly keep up with his ideas and i want people to see that when because you've been doing all this supporting him promoting his agenda gaze tracking mirroring his emotions following his cues, uh, using his natural interests, that he's so comfortable with you 
that then when you you step in to cut, slow him down a tiny bit with your tempo slowing down and using big gestures, he mirrors you in a moment here. He uses the same gesture at the same tempo. So we're learning, he's learning from you and we're gonna see how it, he slows his mind down with you because you're there for him, but you're helping him. He's gonna learn to do some, what I call executive, what we all call executive functioning, meaning selecting, sequencing, prioritizing. That's, that all went out the window when he got too excited. It's just like all a jumble. But what, now that he's feeling connected with you, he's gonna use your tempo slow his mind down and he's going to soon start to select and prioritize and tell you first you know make this uh, and then we'll do that so we can watch his mind getting moving he's moving up the cognitive ladder okay sure that everybody saw that you you felt that the sports casting maybe wasn't working in the moment but now when you watch back you see it working yeah yeah I guess I didn't think of it that way and also um, my memory of it live is different than when I see it on video and we've discussed that in our podcast that we did before about the self-reflection exercise mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's very interesting to see it and compare it to how you remember it. That's right. I did remember him being way more upregulated and jumping, oh. but maybe that's because he's like that other times of the day. Okay. It just all blended together. Okay. Um, but but yeah. In that last 15 seconds, you had said exactly what he wanted about you're so excited, you want to make these trains, and he sits down and his body calms down and his mind calms down and he looks at you and he has this lovely paced back and forth exchange then about what we're going to do what we're going to do first and then he, his ideas excite him again throughout the play but almost every time that he understands that you're mirroring him with that sports casting of what he's doing and you're narrating of what he's thinking He's really getting organized by it and calmed by it. 
So let's keep watching for that. And this is when he's about to begin to, he, I saw him just, just those few moments mirroring your, your gestures and really tracking with you to think better, think more clearly, more sequenced. And I love seeing his use of gestures when he says, wheels, and he goes like this. <laughs> it's just so cute. Okay, here we go. Confused. Black Five, Red Knight, Mikado. I'm not sure what's going to turn Gadwall! A Gadwall? Oh, wow. Mama, can you make it first? Okay. Here's our train. I wanted to make Harry Gall and Hogwarts. Okay, here comes. <laughs> here comes. <gasps> the finger squished it. Look at squish! Oh my goodness. I want to make my giant foot. I would like to have little yellow wheels. I see that when you squish the train, that makes you feel good. Oh, I'm about to make a pineapple like burger. Okay, here's a train. Here's burger. Here's pineapple. Lettuce and tomato on the top. Lettuce, tomato. Top bun. Top bun. And... Strawberry, waves, orange, strawberry, waves, orange, orange, red, grapes, and red grapes too. Red grapes and green grapes. Oh, look at all that food there. Oh, I to make red night with yellow wheels. Oh, and a red night with yellow wheels. Here we go. Here's our red night. Here's the wheels. All right, there we go. And break it. Oh no, you want to break it now. Oh, oh no. Where'd it go? I squished it. Oh, all of that stuff. Okay, can I return to you? trying to expand instead of just doing the same thing over and over and just doing everything he said and getting yeah. to a repetitive repetitive script I'm trying to change it up a bit I think um, there's so much to say about this this what you're about to do but I want to be sure we all saw um, what you did do um, which I think any parent here would feel a little bit dizzy with the, the ideas flying and I know that our tendency would be to just, you know, kind of resist and make them do something that's 
more fun, really, that we can do together better because nobody can keep up with that speed of rapid ideas. And you're, you're not stopping him. He's now starting to trust, as I said, that your reflective comments about how he's feeling aren't trying to tell him, stop being you, stop being you, stop being so excited, stop being who you are. And he's feeling supported in all of this as you keep joining, joining, joining. And now he's going to let you bring a little bit more in of what we call genuine self, where it's not your full genuine mom self, but as a play partner, a little bit more of, oh, I have an idea too, or I want a little bit of a turn too. Um, and, and see, just to test the waters, just to titrate how much he can take of mixing our ideas together so that by the end we we can see that he did he gets to the place of enjoying the co-creation because you've supported him so well throughout um, that he feels like he's going to be heard and that relates to what you were saying earlier about listening to um adults who've who've been growing up with lots of therapies and always feeling like it's adult-led and they're always told to be different in quiet hands and sit down and uh, versus I like who you are and I enjoy who you are and I'm going to try to follow you here you're you are guiding him back to his chair but I want to clarify that's not because of a behavioral sense of that's what you do that's where you play appropriately with tabletop activities but simply for the video's sake you're that's guiding the him. only reason why is because I wanted it to be I'm, on video. <laughs> when I see people, you know, doing that, I say, if you're going to videotape, don't even think about it. We'd rather there be no subtle manip manipulation because it changes the dynamic. Just have somebody move the video around if possible, rather than have that sense of, I want to play with you. I want to join you. And I want you to be over here because that, that they, they sense that our kids, sense that in it he's he's doing great with it but sometimes it, it would disrupt the connect sense of connection but i just wanted to clarify for some people why is she telling him come over here just for the video um otherwise it's fine if he plays over there or he plays over there if it's if this is play therapy we want to clarify the only limits we set are danger or you know safety limits which are fine we can totally set those and that's but that's the only limit that we set because we're not using play to, you know, direct or moralize. We don't want that does not mix. And so it's so great to just, that, you know, some parents would be like, why is it okay with you that he moves over to smashing it against the wall and turning it into a ball? It's like, that's really actually novelty and fun. And maybe a parent doesn't think it's so fun to squish Play-Doh against the wall but a peer would really find that very interesting and attractive. So we, we don't want to over-adultify our kids. We want to understand their kids. And even though they're getting a lot of time with adults, which they need, um, they still get to be silly and goofy and make up stuff that doesn't make sense to us, but it is their kind of play. Right. Okay. Uh, pineapple. Oh. I don't like pineapple on my burger. No. I'm going to have to eat a watermelon on my burger? <laughs> yeah. How about mustard? A cookie. A cookie. A cookie. Oh, a cookie and a watermelon has a treat on the side. And, 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 
we stop for one second. This is a demonstration of what co-creation is, that negotiation. You're saying, how about this? And he's, he's thinking about it. He's pausing. And then he's coming up with another idea that's related to yours. So he's still very regulated here, very good timing and reciprocity of exchange and exchange of ideas that are contingent on the other person's idea, not tangential or irrelevant or self-preoccupied. You guys are really deciding together, just like it's, it's very much in play when it gets going this well like um, two people writing a screenplay together, you know, or, or co-directing a film. It's like, well, how about this? Or, yeah, wait, oh, how about that? And it's, it's thrilling because it is the creation of ideas together. And you don't think that it's more him um, just trying to think of more ideas himself, regardless of what I'm saying? He, yes, to some degree, he wants to be the lead director still, but he, he's letting you be the co-director because if it, if it was just by himself, he wouldn't be pausing and he would, he'd be annoyed by you bringing up another idea. And he no, would go, no, mama. Yeah. yeah, or just ignore. A lot of kids aren't that related in those moments. He stays related with you, as Dr. Greenspan talked about, through a variety of arousal states you know, highly aroused to, to neutral. Um, he stays related through these uh, differences of opinion because many children who haven't learned this reciprocity as the core of their relationship um, would just simply ignore you. He pauses, takes in the idea, and then he says, a better idea. And that's, that's actually how we negotiate. Of course, he's a kid, so he's going to always, you know, he's going to often think his idea is better, but you see that he takes in some of yours, and that's what is exciting, because you want, you really wanted to work on that, um, the, you said, capacity for the social problem solving, and he's got it in spades throughout this video where he, he remembers you. There was a moment back a couple minutes ago, he said, Mama, Mama, what are you making? And it's like... Again, you can't really teach that through rewards and consequences. You teach that because of the hours you spent doing floor time with him like this. Well, he's interested in you. Cool. And then, uh oh, uh oh, uh oh, uh oh, you got it. I wanted to switch it that time. Can you make more? Oh no, I'm gonna switch mine. Wait, ready? Oh, it bounced. Come on, can you make a new cotton patty? Okay, here we go. With pineapple. Here it is, with pineapple on it. Um, can I answer that question if we pause for a second? Yep. You said, how do we know it's not just his ideas? Another, another way is we saw how he's coordinating his gaze and he's watching your face. And when you made a funny moment there where you used anticipation, you said, uh-oh, 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 and then you talked about the squish and you made the squishing noise, he's looking at you and smiling contingently on your joke and then moving his body at the same time, which means you've done so much work to help him integrate all those features, his affect, his gaze, his body motion, and he's 
and, and the social reciprocity, he's taking you in and smiling right in time to when you make the joke about the squishing noise. So we know he's enjoying you and thinking about you and wants, wants to keep that up forever, basically, it looks like. There's, there's, it's, ne it's never interrupted here. This video goes on for 30 minutes. And so it's, it's kind of endless, his capacity for that, the social flow that we talk about at Capacity 4, where Greenspan talked about 50 or more circles in a row. Well, this is countless circles in a row if you count all the, the gaze exchanges and the smile exchanges and the thought and verbal exchanges. It's countless. I sure did. Um, I was talking about earlier you're not judging him but you're uh you're just narrating and giving him back what he's thinking out loud two wheels and three wheels he takes that in slows down takes a pause thinks about it and saying seems to understand that doesn't make sense i have to choose two wheels he says in a, in a lovely reasonable tempo so he's using your mind and your pacing to slow down his mind and his pace of thought. about the machine he picked up the machine and squished sorry can you say that again absolutely so and in the moment you were weren't sure that he was taking in your ideas but we can see it on review by by video that the minute you said i'm going to squish it here with my machine then he picks up the machine right and he doesn't snatch it from you but it's nicely coordinated social rhythm he picks up the machine and squishes the play-doh so again, that contingency where he's, his, his response is based upon what you've said is, is quite continuous here, um, the contingency of his responsiveness to you. So you, you aren't just, he's not the only director, he is letting you be the co-director. Does it, does it feel like that to you watching it back now? Yes, it does. And um, I see that I was thinking again, I'm always thinking challenge expand instead of just doing the same thing. And so I'm trying to, since he's 
I'm trying to entice him to get a different idea, but instead I'm inserting a new idea and see what he brings back to me. Um, and then he sort of does go back to the same thing that he likes, like make the drizzle and train, make the Krabby Patty, make this and that. But at least we're doing it a little bit differently. And that, that's right. And I did want to mention that, that as a parent, we get a little bored with the repetitiousness of children's play. But if you think about your own best friend as a child, if, if, you, if you hit on a kid who you like them and they like you, and then you guys hit on ideas that you both like, you, re, you go back to them over and over. And that forms um, the basis of the, the friendship to some degree. This is what we like to do together. So repetitiousness isn't, isn't always our enemy. Sometimes it is boring to adults, but to kids, it, it's, it's really a core of their predictable fun. So we don't have to be too worried about that. I get where we want him to become more quickly flexible with you so that he can do this with a peer because peers don't have the patience that you have, obviously, to keep persisting and trying to get an idea in there. And, but, but he will because we see him so much more flexible than before where he's, he's really, do you agree? Yes. Um, yeah, absolutely. If we think back to the first video we reviewed together over uh, maybe even two years ago now, um, you can really see the developmental progress. And I did do a podcast with Dr. Joshua Fader about repetition in autism, and we talked about all of that stuff. So I'll put the link to that in the full blog post here at Affect Autism as well. Oh, great. Thank you for the lettuce. Yep. Yeah. The lettuce have you got. This is fun. You're having a lot of fun. Oh, I want to make black five. Oh, do you think this machine can make choo-choo trains too? Yeah. It's a magic machine. All right. Oh, let's make the poster. It's just like black light with white light. Wow. You're so excited about your trains. I'm about to make the books. All right. All right. Can we stop there for a sec? Yep. I started to get really excited when I was watching this tape from this point on um, because this is something we also talked about is um, we read our children's uh, body states, sensory needs, arousal states, um, and if we narrate or sports cast them for them, it's not to control or manipulate or change them, it's to help them understand themselves. And when you, you're, now he's receiving these comments, he's not interrupting you, he's actually looking at you while you're making them about how excited he is about all the trains and all the ideas and all the food. And what that begins to do is lay a groundwork inside, a, a framework and lay the groundwork for him to understand his own body, his own states. And that is the basis for forming his capacity nine his ability to reflect upon himself, his self-reflection capacities where he um, will be able to problem solve, not just receive a therapist or a mama's help with his arousal states, but think about how am I feeling, why am I feeling it, and therefore what could I do about it if I'm a little too excited. So a lot of commentary for them about how they're feeling and what their body is doing and, and showing us helps not, not just us, it helps them to develop into somebody who can eventually self-regulate.
Wi-Fi is slow, so the, the, the audio and the video aren't coordinated so well, so it's a little hard to see, but he's catching your jokes, and, and for people who can see it kind of real time, um, where it's not slowed down, they can see the, the back and forth, where if you make a funny squishy noise, or you really, really play up the affect on your face, he's, he's, he's got a smile right there, he's, he's tracking your jokes and enjoying it. And, and that um, I see a lot more shared smiles here at this part in the play. And it was just what I was going to suggest earlier is let's make it a little lighter, a little sillier and more playful because um, I think that also helps him feel safe and connected and helps him to manage his excitement and slow, pull it back a little bit and slow it down. So the playfulness, the lightness helps him not be so urgent about his specific ideas like when you laugh because the toy kind of broke or skittered away, that's letting him know this is playtime. It doesn't matter what happens. Just, just that the point is having fun together. Yep. <laughs> it's time for Hogwarts trick to have wheels. Yeah. Do you want to tell the machine what to make? Hogwarts. Hogwarts. How to make a Hogwarts train? Come here, Liz. Wheels. Okay. Please make wheels. And a and funnel and steam. A funnel and steam. How to make it daylight. And a hoglet and a black. Black this can only do one Black fly first. Well, um, I thought we are doing the Hogwarts first. Hogwarts first. Okay. It's burgundy with a funnel. And wheels. With paint. Oh no, 
is it going to crash before it gets to England or, or after it gets to England? Yeah. Are they crashing the balloon to make a new Hulse class train? You want to drive the Hulse class train to England and then crash it? And then make a new one? Hulse class! Okay, here's the Hulse class train. Where's England? Over there? Yeah. There's England. Whoa! Oh, oh, class! class crashed. And Pete. Oh no! I want to make red ones. Uh, I want to make Duchess of Buckloop. I want to make a new house class train. Okay, another one. And is it going to try and go to England again? Or should we just get this one repaired at the shop? Can we stop for a sec? I, I imagine here's where the part that's coming up where I talked about that I want us to pay attention to when he's he's starting to hold you in mind such that he can slow himself down and organize his thoughts so you understand him. But I would imagine right in this section is where you probably felt the most satisfied because you were reaching your goal for him in entering into the the real symbolic expansion of ideas, not the same old building a, building the food, but where is it going? It's going to England, where all these steps that he, he's um, helping and incorporating that you're suggesting, you're seeding the ideas and he's letting them flower a little bit. Does that feel really good to you in that moment? Yeah, I, I'm trying to lead it to something other than just now make a black five. Now make a red knight. Now make a halls class. Now make a this. Now make a Hogwarts train. Now make a this train. Now make a this and just do the same thing. So I'm trying to steer it away. And I liked how he thought for a long time about where is it going. And then he said, England. <laughs> it's just so, so, so wonderful for him to generate that idea. It's what humans can do that's, I think, our divine capacity to, to take nothing and turn it into something. There was no idea and he created it from, from nothing. And now there's this idea of England. It's going to England. So his latest uh, love is British trains. So he knows that all these trains he'd been saying, almost all of them are the British, if not all of them, the British trains. Mm -hmm. So that's why he says England, because I say to him, um, we have to go to England to see these trains. One day when you're bigger, we'll go to England and we'll see these trains. So I don't know if I should bring this up right now or maybe as a summary at the end, but I would um, just about FEDC5. Should I ask you now? Um, sure. Yeah, absolutely. So um, saying go to England, that's, he, you say that he's entering into FEDC5. And then um, I guess the goal would be that eventually he could say, let's go to the moon or somewhere mm -hmm. abstract mm -hmm. because he's still very concrete and using things based on memory. And it's not a lot of emotional content in his play yet, which is right. what you want to see when FEDC5 gets really robust and going. Right. But, but that's okay because it's just the start. It's just the start. But you say it's really concrete because these are British trains and so that's where they belong, is in England. But what I'm saying is, 
it's still creating an idea because this is like you said, this is just hunks of Play-Doh that aren't going anywhere. They're in your kitchen, in your house. You know, it is an abstract idea that they're going to go to England. He is. He, and, is, and he has no clue what that means. England. Right. I don't know if he even knows what that means. Yeah. No, we don't. That's as, as abstract to him as the moon because he's never been there. Yes. So, okay. Good point. Yeah. It's like it, it's such a beautiful thing to see him on the way to what you're talking about, which would be more robust capacity five of symbolic play, where anything is possible. Trains can go anywhere, or um, and they have feelings, and and we work around. You know, we use play to understand the world of feelings. We're getting there, but we can see, we can see it in process because you're doing us such a service of. of of sharing these videos and seeing the progress of his cognitive development. And it's a piece of a DIR floor time. People so often misunderstand, um, even if they do get it, that floor time is great. They think it's for little kids only. They think it's only for social emotional. And they forget that it is about all of human development and that it's about our, our intellectual or cognitive development also and how that grows from a relationship. So that, this is a good demonstration for us. Okay. Yeah. How about the shop is over here? Oh, it's a big black five instead. Oh, okay. Let's just make the black five train. The house class. Black five is house class. Okay. The house class going to the garage to get fixed. I made black flies in the windows and star flies in tornado. Wow, that's a lot of trains. Oh, I want to make black fly books. Okay. Okay, the whole class is getting repaired. Now we'll make a black five. And then a black five to three pieces. Oh my goodness. And then we'll bring it to the wash to get fixed. And then we'll get, bring it to our back. Okay, Abra make a black there for a second, if you don't mind. That that just right there showed both of what I mean. Both of the so he, issues. He, he are you gonna say that he said the black five will get broken and go to the garage and the other one will come back? Yeah. Which was responding to my initial injection of that idea before. Yes, and the fact that right now you showed a, a little sorrow on your, you know, you dramatize, we call it exaggerate your affect, that you were a little sad that it was going to break in pieces, and he holds that in mind too. He's developing this theory of your mind and responding to what's going on inside of you and saying, oh, but then we'll do this, and then it'll get repaired. And so he's reassuring you, it'll work out, and I've got a plan we're going to do this and we're going to do that so this is a, a lot more executive functioning than we saw at the beginning of the of the session when it was just a, a number of ideas mixed now he's starting to order them and sequence them for you and really take in what you're feeling and saying within the play okay uh, it's my black five train yay black five train I squished it. Oh, it's got to go to the garage. The house class. Oh, the house class is fixed. Yay. Got it, cloak. Bubba, can you make a new one night and house class? Should we put them all on the same track? I want to put it in that. Oh, in here. Okay. How's that? 
Abracadabra. He just repeated what I had said. Both class can play. Let's make the garage and the black five fixed. Yeah. Oh, let's make star class of a different train. Oh, a different train. All right. Let's make black five next. It's a new train. I'm very confused. What are we going to do with all these different trains? Black five. I'm big helping hell a duchess and Macado. And where are all these trains gonna go? To are you gonna squish them all or let them go somewhere? Go somewhere to I want to go a castle train with you yellow wheels and a hawk with yellow wheels. And a black life with yellow wheels. Yeah, you're thinking about all these trains. That the horse class, it's fixed. But what are we going to do with all of these trains? Build a black life and horse class. That's a really hard and question for him. Black horse class, Duchess of Buffalo, Gadwall, Mikado. Make a horse class. Horse class, okay, the trains are all done. I want to make a plaid. That's a good idea. Okay, that's a great stop right there. Okay. So I love, we call this um, persist playfully. You're, you have an idea that he's not really picking up. Where are they going to go? Where are all these trains going to go? And you keep bringing it back. You, you're accepting him, his idea. We're going to make them all. And you're starting to catch his rhythm okay we got to make them fast because these ideas are coming fast to him and then he's again slowing down and he says we got to make a plan right is so, that yeah so let me explain that because um when i tell you this it might change your perception of yeah. what what happened so the latest thing they've been doing for the last few months at school is he gets there and they go to his room and they make a plan and they write down what are we going to do for the day and he loves doing this. So we've sort of started to use this in his early literacy at home where every day, that's all he wants to do is go to the table and make a plan. So number one, and he tells us, I want to run my whatever train. Number two, I want to drink water. Number three, I want to do this. So then we're getting him to sort of point to the words and practice his literacy. And then we're trying to do hand over hand writing, which is still premature for him but yeah. we're trying to use that great motivation of making the plan to do some other things so right. here he's i think overwhelmed and he's going back to a comforting thing to him i just want to go make a plan because i understand that and that's comforting to me okay so it's interesting that you would you would say that's not novel because he's been playing for 19 minutes and hasn't required a plan and he's actually responding to what you're saying which is there's so many ideas. I'm getting confused. What are we going to do with all these trains? And he's helping you. I don't think he's overwhelmed. He loves, he's happy. He's, he's loving it. You're doing exactly what he wants. It's very exciting. He's bringing up new ideas. Bring him, you're the one who's confused. And so he's helping you. But I, I, he's, whatever he's going to say about the plan, I think he's not tying that to a plan about what we're going to do with the trains. 
I think he's just thinking of what we do all the time, which is a plan. So I'm going to, you know, it's something unrelated to what we're doing right here. I could be mistaken, but, and oh, I can remember okay. what happens next. We got to make a plan. Just his old habit. See, this is such a great question because this is, this is how our kids become more spontaneous and more novel in their ideas is they use habit ideas, but in new contexts. Yes, that's a good point. This would be the perfect opportunity for me to bridge that repetitive thing of doing a plan every day into a new situation. So let's make a plan for where these trains are going to go. I think he's, he's ahead of you on that. I think nobody was talking about plans. You're playing, 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 and he's saying, we, let's make a plan. I think he means a play plan about all these ideas about the trains. Should we see what he says? Yeah, let's see who's right. Okay, Hogwarts, you run over here. I want to, I want to, to make, I want to make a plan. Okay, that's number one, right, Hogwarts. Number two, play with a tornado and a typhoon. Okay. A tornado and a typhoon. All right. What do you think? So he, he's just saying, I want to play with these types of trains, and he names two other trains that he's never mentioned yet in the whole 20 minutes. I think he's talking about a train plan, not a day plan. So he's using a habit idea, a repetitive, familiar, comforting idea that he uses from his daily life and bringing it into a train plan because we had so many train ideas, which is a beautiful self-regulating technique. When I, I do the same thing, when I start to think about my day or my week and I have too many ideas and they're all crashing into each other, I say, I gotta make a plan. I gotta write this down. I gotta, you know, this is a, a, a this is executive functioning 101. He's doing it. And he's doing it in a new context, which is Plato trains. <laughs> anyway, I think that's probably a lot to, to incorporate for people and a lot of yes. uh, ideas. And I just wondered how how you're feeling now because as we talk about parental self-reflection, one of the key things that happens in, in DIR is our own, um, as, as adults, as the facilitators of our children's growth, um, learning about ourselves and watching ourselves and on video is the absolute cream of the cream moment for learning about ourselves is, is watching on video in, in careful detail. So, that's how we grow as facilitators. So I just wondered anything that occurred to you as we talked or as we communicated about this, this play session that kind of uh, is new for you. Well, um, I think that I did not pick up on the executive function stuff and we've been working, um, we've been working on on figuring out where he is in the developmental ladder and uh, the latest um, I guess the latest thing that's been on our mind is we want to get him to that theory of mind where mm -hmm. he really understands and and he's not there yet um, he showed some like you said he's showing some um, 
starting into that and he's he's starting to see that maybe my friend uh thinks something different than me and little bits here and there but in general it's it's still not um there yet so and then the executive functioning stuff so we've been thinking ahead how are we going to get him to those places so the fact that you mentioned all of that stuff made me excited because i see that we're, there's a path to get there yeah there is a path to get there maybe dr greenspan was right when he observed children that once we get to capacity five now we can see capacity six which is logical thinking which is another way of thinking about executive functioning ordering and sequencing ourselves and our plans uh, what leads to what leads to what um, and uh, also capacity six emotional thinking now we call that theory of mind and capacity six and seven seven moving into the multi-causal thinking triangular thinking my friend thinks this and that my other friend thinks that but I think this um, that the, the blend between emotional thinking and multi-causal thinking i think this is a great description of theory of mind that uh was was way before its time when dr greenspan first talked about the the sequence sequence of social and cognitive development um so it's great to hear that this is exciting for you to see that hey we're we're on the cusp we're gonna get there pretty soon and the, the stronger we we really work to make his capacity five more robust that will lead into those abilities and certainly he still has constrictions at all the lower levels as well because of his sensory challenges and and his motor planning challenges he has a lot of um, challenges with timing and rhythm and sequencing um, so just trying to strengthen all of that but all of those things have improved so much from a year two years ago three years ago they're continuing to improve slowly and slowly um, as, as he's able to organize himself more and execute his ideas because he has so many ideas floating around. He's starting to get to the point now where he's actually able to express them. So that's improved a lot because before he wouldn't know how to communicate that and now he actually can communicate that. And now he's working on uh, executing what he wants so the way he does it now is by bossing other people mama you do this you do this and at school you do this you do this I want you to go there and you to go there and eventually he'll get to the point where he can do it himself and and not need as much assistance to get these ideas out of his head yeah yeah um, the, the, there's this <sighs> beautiful example of how DIR is, is uh, interdisciplinary. I'm thinking about the, the growth of the mind as a psychologist, and you're reminding me, as I always need to be reminded, that the growth of the body com control, motor planning, coordination, um, that leads to the growth of the mind that we didn't understand that before. We, we wouldn't talk about the body as clinical psychologists very much, but how learning from physical therapists and occupational therapists that actually the ability to control the sequencing of your body helps you to do executive functioning, sequencing in your mind. You do this, now you do that, now I do this, now I do that. Um, those get stronger when our, our body motor planning gets stronger. Or you remind us of what the speech therapist teaches us about how if he can if he can communicate and express his ideas, then he can develop them further. 
the, the, the language itself is the, are the, that's the building block of this thinking. He has to be able to form ideas linguistically um, to really order and sequence them. So, um, and his sensory needs that have been overwhelming some of his ability to think in an organized and calm way. But the occupational therapists who work with sensory integration teach us what a, what a brilliant thing for you to be doing with him, mama, using these tangible, high pressure experiences with the Play-Doh where there's that resistance, he can feel his muscles, he can feel his joints as he push, pushes on that machine, you can see his regulation state come down every time he has to do the heavy work with you. So you're, as, as his mom, thinking about all of those things at the very same time. And that's what DIR is, is multidisciplinary thinking about a child. Yeah, and we've been working with Maude LaRue, an occupational therapist near Philadelphia, who is um, guiding a lot of his programming, too, when we go visit there once a year. So I, I have all of that stuff in my head as well and, and trying to give him all of this support like this well-rounded support. Um, but yeah, he does have a lot of challenges in his body. He does. And it feels like his, his mind is ahead of the body. Yeah. And that sounds maybe overwhelming to other parents, but that you're also working with this other person, but Maud is coming from the same DIR model. Yes, absolutely. Yep. It's not, um, splintering your approach in many different competing directions but she brings that specialization in, in the body development, in the occupational therapy mind, but it, it's always integrated because she's also using DIR. Absolutely, yes. Nice. Um, did you notice your own self having changed from a couple years ago where we were, we were looking at how you felt during his repetitive play and and sometimes you would get distracted with the, the daily schedule to come up with things to do or frustrated that he always wants to destroy what you just made. Um, did you see yourself having grown around those, those two issues? I didn't think about it until you just mentioned it, but yeah, I think I'm less distressed now about that kind of thing because uh, I'll be more willing now to go with it. Okay, you wanna squish all the trains that I just made, um, and also, I won't take so much time making them. I'll go, here's this one, here's this train, here's this train, here's this train, because he, he doesn't seem to mind that I didn't make it perfectly. Maybe a few years ago, he would have. Um, mm. But I think I was more flexible that I was able to do that um, instead of getting hung up on, why are you squishing my trains? Oh, don't do that, don't do that. Um, I sort of went with his idea. You really did. You really did. And you really, you really caught his feeling when you said at one point um so when when i think you said it this way like when when i make you when i make it you feel good something like that i and think he, i said you when you squish it you really that really makes you feel good when you squish the trains yes and he loved that that's true and then you also noticed that um when he has you do it for him when he directs you and you do it for him, I wrote it down exactly how you said it. Um, you want me to make it for yeah. you. And that, yeah. 
And he, he, he really slowed down to think about that. And then he really said, yes, like, <laughs> you got it, mommy. We, you really get me. And that feeling felt, we you know, is the core of healthy, secure attachment. To feel felt by another means, okay, if you understand me, I can understand me, and we can manage my feelings together. Mm -hmm. Positive ones like that one and the negative ones. Yes, yes. So that's that um, empathic narration we talk about, uh, um, or em empathetic narration, where you're really narrating all of his feelings, and um, no matter what they are, so that he begins to be able, be able to put words to them and then therefore manage them, name it to tame it kind of a thing. Great. Well, um, if we still have any listeners still with us after this long <laughs> podcast that we've done, I thank them for listening and thank you so much for taking the time to go through this and watch the video and, and give us all that feedback. And I will put all of the links to the strategies that we discussed and, and everything that we were talking about in the blog post at affectautism.com. Look up the floor time strategies follow-up um, with Dr. Andrea Davis. Thank you so much. And hopefully we'll have you back again in another couple months. And until next week, here's to affecting autism.